if you really believe that what you do matters, that you serve your clients in a way that really matters, to not do video is doing your potential clients a disservice. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day and welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, where we dive deep into the world of effective video marketing to attract your tribe and grow your business. Now, I'm loving this episode that you're about to get in your ears. My guest today has grown his bricks and mortar physiotherapy practice from one location to now five thriving locations in his local area. And one of the key drivers of this success, he attributes to video marketing. Now this episode really is a case study of current best practice for local business video marketing and you're going to want to have your notepad ready. Jack O'Brien is the owner of Terrace Physio Plus based throughout the Newcastle area in New South Wales, Australia. He's been known as the bearded physio, which if you jump on his website, you'll quickly understand for yourself. And it's thanks to his consistent and strategic implementation of video content that is designed first and foremost to be helpful content for his audience that has catapulted his business over the last few years. Now, Jack also now works with other health practice owners to help them grow their business through his latest work coaching under the name Clinic Mastery, along with some other clinic masters. So you can learn more about Jack by heading over to the show notes page, and I'll share the link to that at the end of this episode. But for now, let's talk about what you're gonna to hear today, because in this chat, we learn more about where bricks and mortar practices are struggling when it comes to engaging audiences online, and what Jack believes we can actually do about this. We explore Jack's workflow and approach to producing and repurposing video for his business, and what this has led to in actual business growth. Now, Jack also shares some of his practical and actionable advice to inspire others who are in physical bricks and mortar, medical practices, or, or just in any local business to really get in front of the camera and start doing video effectively right now. So here we go, my interview with Jack O'Brien from Terrace Physio Plus. Right, Jack O'Brien, thanks for joining me on the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. It's awesome to have you here and I'm looking forward to our chat. My pleasure, Ben. Let's uh, let's go for it. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So, you know, as I explained in the introduction there to, to our listeners, you you've got a quite an interesting story of, of basically starting in a in a traditional bricks and mortar practice in a physio practice, and you've managed to build that up into into something relatively sizable using using content marketing and also video, which we're going to explore today. But do you want to just take us back and, and take us through that story of of that growth phase? Yeah, sure. I, I am a physiotherapist by trade. Uh, we've now got to a place where we've got five clinics and I no longer see clients directly face to face or at the time of this recording, I don't. I might uh, choose to change that at some stage. But I bought the practice that I was working in then uh, in 2015. Uh, so basically three years ago now. And since then, um, 
I'd always had a passion for business and I'd always wanted to grow my clinic. I really believe that um, private practice physio is a great way to influence people's healthcare. And for me, it just seemed natural that if I wanted to help more people, one of the best ways to do that was to get in front of them and build some trust and authority, I guess. Um, and video seemed to be the perfect way to do that. So I got, uh, I got really heavily involved in learning and educating and, and uh, doing my best to figure out what works. And I think once I got to know my ideal client, where they spend a lot of time, and that just so happened to be on social media and consuming content, people have so many questions around their health. And so I wanted to be the one that was there in video, answering their questions, building as much trust as possible. And um, lo and behold, it, it it worked. And so our clinics exploded. We, we, uh, we grew nearly four times in uh, just under three years. And, and we've gone from one location to five. At one stage, we, we had 23 on our team and that, that ebbs and flows around that number. So it's been a quite a rapid growth, but a whole lot of fun because we're able to help more people uh, and build a trust and a likability with our clients. So help us understand in those early stages of starting to, I guess, put yourself out there um, through through video, for example, or through providing answers to those questions that people have about their health. Um, you know, what was the feedback? Like, were you getting people coming directly to you from another physio practice or, you know, having not seen a physio before and just gone, I saw your videos, I needed to come and see you. Was it as simple as that? Uh, for the majority, it was actually that simple. Right. Um, I think what we did was we just started listening to our clients a whole lot more, right? And so as physios or anyone in a service-based consultant type role, you get asked the same questions over and over every day, every week, every month. And so we started taking a lot more notice of those questions. And in some ways, it was a little bit selfish, right? We just wanted to answer those questions once and for all so that we didn't have to keep repeating ourselves. Uh, and so we listened to those FAQs, put them on video, and people were able to educate themselves before having to ask the question. Right? And so what that meant is that they trusted us as the expert, as the go-to, as the authority in that space. So that was really the first, um, the first step was listening to the questions we got asked regularly uh, and being bold enough to put them on video, to uh, put pen to paper metaphorically. And I think that's a big fear for a lot of people that they're scared of what are people going to think? Am I going to answer this correctly? Um, fear of what their colleagues might have to say. But uh, I guess for us, the highest value was to answer our clients' questions. We, we exist to serve our clients and to help more people move well and feel great. And so for us, we had to get over that fear and just start answering questions. So take us, take us back to when this, when this was exactly. How many years ago were you starting to move into this space? This was 2015, uh, so, so right at the peak YouTube? of the Facebook wave. Yeah, so we were putting stuff on YouTube um, and doing it directly on Facebook. So we, we learned really early on that doing things natively was really important um, for both the reach on socials, but also the SEO value through things like YouTube. So we're doing um, videos native for Facebook, live videos on Facebook, Instagram videos, then into Instagram stories, as well as um, YouTube and, and getting that transcribed for a blog. And who was featuring in these videos? Was you as the, as the owner of the practice and as the physio, were you in all of these videos or did you start to move yourself away as you expanded into, you know, opening up new practices and, and bringing on other staff? Who, who was the star? Yeah, good question. Uh, it was mostly me. Um, and I know we're in audio here, but I've, I've got a beard. And at one stage it was a much more impressive beard that was, you know, well down below my chin. And 
it ended up building a, a personal brand for me after a while. You know, I, I could hardly go to the shops without someone looking at you and going, are you the physio with a beard kind of pointing at you um, with an intrigue? So for most of the early days, it was myself. The first oh, 50 to 100 videos would have been me um, for a couple of reasons. One, as the owner, I wanted to brand a clinic with my face. Uh, but two, it was a real barrier to get my team to overcome some of those fears around being on camera, putting their name out there, committing to a response. Um, but over time, that's now transitioned to my team being a lot more willing and interested to put themselves on camera. Yeah, so that was my next question was as you've moved further away from physically day-to-day in the business and hands-on patients, um, you know, has that has that role changed? Are you continuing to to be the star of your video strategy or, or is that transitioning now? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and the strategy that we've approached is, is a healthy mix, but I'm still the majority of the videos. Um, however, what we're finding is with the right strategy, I can be the face of our clinics, but not necessarily the hands. Uh, and so there's a, there's a little bit of strategy involved in the, the language, the wording, the scripting that we use to ensure that the knowledge that I'm communicating as the person on the video is not just me as the guru, but it's the experience that someone's going to get when they come to our clinic. So regardless of if they see myself or any one of my team, they're going to be getting the similar expertise. Yeah, that's really interesting because I would think that you would get potentially some pushback of people saying, I want to see Jack. What do you mean Jack's not here? You know, um, yeah, did, did you get that? Yeah, we do. We still get that a lot. People almost every day, they'll ring up and say, hi, I saw Jack the physio with the beard on a video on Facebook. Um, he seems like he really understands my shoulder problem. Can I book in to see him? Um, and, and at the time of this recording, there's no availabilities to see me. So I guess it means that your video strategy is it's part of your attraction strategy, but then the conversion and the scripts that our admin team um, have to, to handle those inquiries are able to transfer the trust. So we call it, it's a transfer of trust from me as the guy on the video across to my team who will be delivering the service. This is awesome. So let's get a little bit tactical here just for, sure. for people who are listening who are maybe considering how they can work a similar strategy into their own business, whether they be in uh, some kind of a, a medical or allied health practice or, or any bricks and mortar business. You know, they've got some, some sort of niche industry knowledge or they've got answers to questions that their customers have. I think we all do in business. And, you know, what you're suggesting here is, is absolutely aligns with what I say all the time um, is that if you can provide helpful content through video for people, then you're going to be positioned as, as the expert. People are going to begin to know, like, and trust you. And that's going to, you know, really um, smooth that transition to them becoming a customer. For you so let's get a little bit tactical here jack and i'd love to pick your brains about yeah. how you how you kind of workflow this you know so you've obviously you start with just listening like you said before do you actually just brainstorm and write down a lot of those questions that you're getting is that the starting point yeah absolutely so we've got a we've got a spreadsheet in google sheets um a, a bit of a matrix uh, that, that categorizes some of those questions around uh, body area or, or condition um, we might categorize them according to the type of question so is it a problems question or a, a comparison type question um, we use some of the frameworks from marcus sheridan i wrote a book they, they ask you answer it's a really interesting framework to be able to categorize the the types of questions so yep 
any of our guys, whenever they get asked the question more than twice is the rule. If it's a question asked more than twice, dump it into the ideas matrix spreadsheet. So that then exists and then we batch record all of the videos. So we try and, um, again, it's mostly myself, get in front of a camera for a couple of hours at a time and answer as many questions as we can um, in that period so that then they can be batch produced and then distributed at, um, at even elements. But yes, capturing those ideas is really important and um, answering them in a way that is meaningful to the audience, to the person or the, the clientele asking the question one of the big things that we had to get over, we had to correct ourselves, was using too much jargon, uh, using too much speak, as though I was trying to impress my colleagues or other physios, um, which is such a trap for people to fall into, right? You're so worried around what your colleagues might think or are they going to judge you for your interpretation, your opinion. At the end of the day, we have to watch our videos back and make sure that we're not speaking language that matters to our colleagues, but language that matters to our clients. And so we would get... Um, one or two of our clients to proof the videos essentially and make sure the language was understandable for them, that we were answering the questions in ways that were meaningful for them. And it's really just the, the questions become the titles of the videos, right? Which is obviously really useful for SEO if that's what people are typing into things like YouTube and, and Google. And it might be a 30 second to two minute video. This is where we started 30 second to two minute video answering one question. Uh, from there, we, we develop some more longer tips and tricks or richer, uh, richer answers to deeper questions. But um, that, was, that was where we started, answering questions one at a time, 30 seconds to two minutes. And technically in production, it's not a high production value thing. I mean, I've flicked through a bunch of your videos on, on YouTube, for example, and it is in many cases, literally you standing in front of a, a camera, like tell us, talk us just very briefly through the technical setup. How, how involved was it? Sure. Uh, it's evolved over time. It's still not highly technical for some of the more, uh, the more richer questions and answers. It's a little bit more produced, but in the early days, it was to start with myself on an iPhone with a tripod from Kmart um, making sure I stand in front of a window with some natural light and, uh, and away we go. Um, the first piece of real tech that we invested in was a microphone. Uh, we think it's really important that the audio quality is up there. Um, people seem to tolerate um, poor, well, not poor, but substandard video, but they won't tolerate substandard audio. So we invested in a, in a lapel mic to begin with, and then it was more of a shotgun mic. We then invested in some light boxes and a, a screen to go behind us, a black screen or a white screen. But most of those early videos, the first 30, 40, 50 videos were done on just a talking head with a plain background and a simple iPhone or a simple DSLR camera. Excellent. So not letting yourselves get bogged down in any of the technical hangups, which so many people, it prevents so many people from just getting started with video. So, you know, I think that's really good advice. So, so, so what's next? Where did you, you, you had these videos um, you'd produce them relatively simply. Where did you stick them? What was your publication yeah, strategy? We, uh, we were really deliberate with our publication strategy. We probably put more time and, and uh, energy into the publication strategy than the creation. Um, so we, we invested in a VA from day one. And her job was to make sure that the video was published on Facebook and on YouTube and that the YouTube video was embedded on our blog and the video was transcribed into a written blog as well. 
and, and then from there we went out. But that was where it first started. Publish natively to Facebook, publish natively to YouTube, embed and transcribe into a blog. From there, uh, we, we got the VA to take out some of the quotes or the quotables from the blog and uh, create graphics for Instagram, so quote graphics and, and things like that, um, and to pull those out and put them onto Instagram and Facebook as well. So it became a whole lot of, pro but the, the fun part for me, Ben, was that I could shoot a video and stitch on the intro and the outro, and that was most of the production stuff. And then someone else looked after the, the distribution and the, the publication side of things that just happened automatically. I'd wake up some mornings, Ben, with, uh, with an inbox full of inquiries around, say, shoulder pain, because my VA had published a video on shoulder pain that I didn't even realize she was going to publish. It was fantastic. Yeah, excellent. And I think that's the importance of having a strategy behind what you're doing. Not only a strategy about what you're actually doing with your video, but what you're doing with it after it's been produced as well and how you're going to get it out there in the right way on the right platform. So, you know, I think that's really good advice for people listening that, you know, think about ways to outsource some of that, but also just ensure that you're considering how that content that you've created can be utilized on different platforms in different ways, getting the most bang for your buck, really. Um, so yeah, I think a really good strategy there. And, you know, moving forward then, you know, I guess, how were you measuring the success of that? Was it just hoping that the phone would ring or, or bookings would come in? Uh, or how would you, how were you able to align results with the potential return on investment for those, for those videos? Yeah, it's a really good question. And we wanted to make sure that we weren't just um, creating it for the sake of it and that we weren't just creating content and videos for the sake of vanity metrics. So we haven't really looked too much at things like video views or likes, um, some of those top line metrics. They haven't been super important for us, but what is, is the Google Analytics that would track things all the way through to our booking page. So a lot of people, well, people can, and a lot of people do book online for our services, and we can track that back to the articles that they were reading or the videos that they were watching that then led them to book. Um, we would also take note of the timing of, uh, of different bookings. So when we would publish, like I said, something on shoulder pain and that video would be pushed out across YouTube and Facebook and we'd also distribute throughout our email list. We know that on the day of publication, we were probably going to get somewhere between five and 20 new clients based on those conditions within the next 24 to 48 hours and, and then Google Analytics took care of the, the tracking after that. So it was, um, it was always really important for us that that converted into clients. It wasn't just top line vanity stuff. Probably the other thing, Ben, that was important for us was engagement. So that sits somewhere between some of the vanity stuff and then the actual conversions. When we were publishing stuff on socials, we, we had to know that it was being published and then engage in the comments so we were really deliberate on, um, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk would refer to it as that hand-to-hand -hand combat of getting in the comments, thanking people for sharing, responding to their comments, asking questions and really building out, especially when it, you know, when you're doing a Q&A style of video, there's often subsequent questions. People will get their answer, then they'll ask something else. Um, specifically when it comes to health, there's often other conditions and people feel like they're very unique and so getting engaged in those questions, uh, responding in comments, thanking people for sharing, translating into direct messages where possible was really helpful for us. So if we posted a video on back pain, someone asked a question of, can we treat this condition of back pain? 
we would respond by saying, thanks for your question. We're going to send you a direct message and answer that question privately. And taking that offline, in inverted commas, offline, so to speak, uh, really helped boost our conversions. Because then it becomes a one-on-one conversation. And so it's a relationship building exercise, isn't it? So they're, they're effectively in your sales funnel directly, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And it works. Uh, yeah, it worked wonders for us. Almost every one of those direct messages converts because they've they've subconsciously bought into you by engaging a direct message. They've uh, they've understood your authority and your expertise. And so it becomes a no brainer if you can solve their problem. I love that. And that's so often overlooked that idea of engaging with the community around your content. So many, so many businesses who are experimenting with creating and producing content are sticking it out there and, and then basically forgetting about it. They're not, you know, monitoring those comments or that engagement. And they're definitely not using that as a tool to further that relationship with the potential prospect. Absolutely. And, and what we do, so now what we do is when we see something getting a bit of traction, getting some great engagement, some good comments, some good conversions, then we'll artificially boost that. So that's how we decide what we're going to spend money on. Uh, we won't just hit the boost button on Facebook. We'll go into the back end and um, target the right audiences the right way to really get that. If it's content that's popping and really working, we want to get that video in front of as many eyeballs as possible, as many relevant eyeballs as possible. Yeah, really good point as well. So it's not just about having a clear distribution strategy, but also a good idea of what your amplification strategy is, which is when you're putting that that paid spend behind things as well. Hey, Ben here. I just want to take a moment to help you out with something. If you, like many of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast listeners, are looking for ways to do video for your business better, then keep listening. I've put together a free foundations video course designed to help you better understand the fundamentals of effective online video strategy for your brand or business. The three-part video series will step you through the roadmap to ensuring you know what videos to make and why so you can get started the right way with video for your business. To jump in right now for free, head on over to engagevideomarketing.com foundations. I can't wait to see you there. What I do want to do, though, is explore with you, I think, in your somewhat, uh, I guess, unique or specific situation here of you're creating this content to to grow your client base in a very specific geographical area. You know, your your physio practices, even when you expanded to five, were only able to service people who are able to come in for an appointment, right? So when you're creating content on the global internet digital landscape um you know potentially a lot of those that engagement is going to come from people who are never going to become your clients right how do you deal with that and how do you or how did you ensure that the content you're creating is getting in front of the right eyeballs yeah it's a good question ben um and we did have an example of this uh one of our videos um talking about medicare and and the ability for uh for people to get a medicare rebate for their physio which is a government subsidy for those listening overseas Uh, that now outranks our government (laughs) that outranks medicare itself on uh on google and sometimes on youtube and so we were getting inquiries from all over australia asking if we could help them and so we needed to tailor our response or tailor the the written copy because obviously you can edit that not so much the videos but edit that to point people in the right direction for them. I think it's really important when creating some of this content that it's not 
uh, it doesn't end up pointing to yourself all the time, right? You want to you want to answer people's questions in a way that gives them the response that they need to to solve their problems. And so we often will finish our content now with find a local physiotherapist who can help you. If that happens to be us, then we're really stoked about that. But we know that our content's going to get in front of eyeballs all over the place. And so. I guess to answer your question, you want to be ready and prepared for those who are going to contact you, who you're never going to be able to make a buck from, so to speak. And for us, it's a sign that we're doing the right thing and, and pushing our profession forward. But to step back before that, the content creation element of it needs to keep in mind, if you want to answer a question that points people to the logical next step for them, which is going to be in most cases, especially when talking about a bricks and mortar service the next step will be go and find someone in your local area who can answer, who can provide you with the solution. Yeah, I think that's really good. And, you know, obviously what is, what that is going to result in is you're going to get people who are traveling even potentially further to come to your practice. If they are within the, within the, the realm of becoming your, your client, you know, they're going to drive past other more local physios because of that yep. relationship that you've built. So it can work to expand your potential audience network, but not obviously so far as people traveling from overseas to come to you, although maybe could happen. Well, it's interesting, Ben. Yeah, it's, um, it's changed some of the ways that we've had to deliver our services. So we've started dabbling in things like telehealth and video consultations now because our content has such a wide reach. Um, yeah, it's fascinating the the way that sometimes content and video will challenge you on how you deliver your services and solutions. And, you know, an extension of this is that not just me helping our clients now, but uh, a lot of other clinics. So if we loop all the way back to the start where you have that fear of what your colleagues might think, for us now it's positioned our clinic in our industry as somewhat thought leaders as much as I don't necessarily like that cliche but other clinics are asking us now how do we do it I'm able to help other physios chiros osteos um, in the way that they create content to answer questions for their local audience because at the end of the day um, there's plenty of people out there there's an you know you need to have an abundance mindset when you're creating content because a right you get to rise the tide and a rising tide lifts all the boats yeah, I think that's a nice segue into what you are doing now as well as continuing to grow and and keep your practices ticking along nicely is you've you've moved into taking on some more coaching consulting roles through through a brand Clinic Mastery. Can you tell us a little bit about about what's what's led you into Clinic Mastery, who you serve and um and what you're doing there? Yeah, so Clinic Mastery is uh, education and consulting for health clinic owners. Um, and we're really passionate about helping clinics and clinic owners, business owners, create amazing experiences for their clients, as well as getting great health outcomes. Um, we, anyone who's ever been to a physio or a podiatrist or a dentist would know that you, know, you can often get a result, but it's not always the best experience. And so we want to help clinics create amazing experiences that help them grow their clinics. And often one of the best ways, I now spend my days teaching clinic owners how to create content that blows their clients away, that creates amazing experiences, creating personal touches, personal videos, really informative, useful videos, things like that, that really help clinics um, create great experiences and therefore grow really quickly. So you would therefore be, you know, I guess, um, all over some of the real challenges that these clinic owners 
have, you know, obviously something came in intuitively or piece by piece to you as you built your own practice. But I, I think through, through clinic mastery, you're probably hearing a lot back from clinic owners as to what, what their fears are or what's stopping them from using digital marketing and, and these tools in, in a more effective way. Yeah, I think the imposter syndrome is the, the first big one. So I don't have all the answers. Who am I to answer these questions? And so uh, that imposter syndrome, helping people get over that with types of video, some, you know, the disappearing content or the, the simple live type of videos. We've, take, we've got a speech pathologist who, uh, who I love working with based in Sydney. She was completely petrified of the camera and of putting her name out there. Um, started getting, you know, 10, 50, 100 views. She'll now produce videos in a much better way. Her, her vocal technique, her camera awareness has gone through the roof because of the practice of that disappearing video. She's now producing really good quality stuff that's getting thousands of views. It's led to press opportunities and PR opportunities, joint ventures because she's positioned herself as the expertise. And this is in a matter of six months, Ben. Um, and in speech pathology, like no one even knows what that is. But now there's thousands of people that do and are aware of the solutions that she can provide just because she got started and got over that imposter syndrome. Yeah, just getting started. I mean, that's honestly some of the best advice that anyone can can have around around using video content for their business. So just getting started. And like you said there, you know, it, it leads piece by piece onto to bigger and better things, but also getting better and more comfortable in front of the camera. So um, and I think you're right. The idea of using some of these disappearing video tools like stories platforms um, and using live video as well is a great way to dip your toes in the water without, you know, massive long-term repercussions. So well, the beauty of the live video is that people don't expect polished. They expect you to stuff up and to stutter and to look around the place. And so you can make simple mistakes and build your confidence in a way that people expect you to, I think. So what would you say is a piece of advice to someone who's listening, who's maybe in a practice, a bricks and mortar business um, currently, and they're not doing anything to speak of. Maybe they've got a Facebook page. Maybe they've got some posts on there. You know, they probably don't even have a YouTube channel. Maybe they're experimenting with some Instagram, but what would you say to someone who's, you know, I guess we've talked about the fear and getting over the fear, but what would you say to someone who's just unsure about how this is going to work for their business, for them? You know, is it right for everyone? Sure. Uh, I think it is right for everyone. I think the way we look at it and the way it helped clinic owners get over this, if you really believe that what you do matters, that you serve your clients in a way that really matters to not do video is doing your potential clients a disservice. And so I don't want to be the business owner that's doing my clients a disservice. And I'm sure no one listening wants to do that. So if you really believe in what you do and you really want to help, you'll get over the fear and just start, press the record button, get it up on the interwebs. And if you don't like it, if it creates some sort of fuss that you didn't see coming, you can always delete it. Things can always be deleted. Rest assured, I've never, you know, you never have to delete anything, but if you need to, it's possible just do it. It's incumbent on you to help your potential clients and provide as much value and solution as you can. So I would say write down the, the top five most commonly asked questions that you get answered. Stick a camera there, press record, one take. So you don't need to stop it and start it and stop it and start it. Just keep talking to that camera until you get out what you were trying to say, cut it up and get it on YouTube and embed it on your website. 
that's got to be the first place to start. And that is fantastic advice, you know, which is obviously aligns perfectly with everything that I talk about and hope to share and encourage people to do through the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. So if you are listening and you do take some inspiration from Jack's advice here and from this episode, because I know that there's been a lot of really simple to implement and powerful tactics in this episode. So if you have taken action or you do take action, I'd love for you to share that with us. So, so reach out to me at engage underscore Ben on Twitter or Instagram, or shoot me an email podcast at engagevideomarketing.com and tell me what action you've taken, show it to us. And uh, I'll send that through to you too, Jack, because I'd love to see what you've inspired Absolutely. others to do. Fantastic. So just to wrap up here, where can people find out more about you, um, whether it be your physio practice, we haven't mentioned where your physio practices are. If they're in the area, where can they, um, you know, get their aches and pains sorted out? And tell us about Clinic Mastery as well. Where can we find out more about that? Sure. So Terrace Physio Plus is our clinic. We've got five clinics across the Newcastle region of New South Wales. You can find us on all the socials at Terrace Physio Plus or our website, www.terracephysioplus.com.au. Clinic Mastery, we love helping clinic owners from physios, podiatrists, through to dentists and doctors. Uh, so that's clinicmastery.com. Uh, or you can find myself personally. Uh, Instagram is probably my favorite platform at the moment at Jack D O'Brien. Awesome. And we'll have all the links to all of those things in the show notes page for this episode. So head on over to engagevideomarketing.com slash podcast. Jack O'Brien, thanks for your insight today. It's been a really valuable chat. Thanks for having me, Ben. What a legend. Thanks again to Jack O'Brien for sharing that inspiration with us. As I mentioned there, what I'd love for you to do, if you got value from this podcast, share the link with someone in your network who is currently running a bricks and mortar business and maybe needs a bit of a boost with their digital marketing or video strategy, or even better yet, grab their phone, head on to their podcast app and download this episode for them right now. Trust me, Dale, thank you for it. So all the show notes and links to Jack and what we talked about in this show can be found over at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 55. And while you're there, I'd love a rating and review for the show in Apple Podcasts. Go to engagevideomarketing.com slash iTunes to leave a review. I appreciate you for that. Thank you so much. Now, on next week's show, we're going deeper still on how video marketing and online video in general can empower traditionally offline or face-to-face businesses as I invite my friend Jeff McMahon onto the show. Now, Jeff is actually a virtual physical trainer based out of the US. Yeah, a virtual physical trainer. And we have a really interesting chat about the pros and cons of building a business using video to conduct personal physical training sessions one-on-one. So here's a sneak peek into what you'll hear next week. So you're doing your customers a huge favor by not having to um, worry about the driving time and vice versa, you can reach that many more people. You know, if you're in the US market and hire more employees and hit the Europe market or hit the Asian market or whatever. So that's it for this episode. As always, I love hearing feedback and ideas for future guests for the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. So reach out to me anytime, podcast at engagevideomarketing.com via email. So I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing, and I'm here to help you engage your ideal audience to action through strategic online video 
and I'll be back with you next week. Did you know that your email list can often become the most valuable asset to your business? If you've been building your business for any time at all and haven't yet built an email list, then now's the time to get started. Or maybe you've got an email list but struggle to make the most of it. I want to introduce you to my email list provider and I know you're going to love them too. ConvertKit is the email provider built by creators for creators. The team at ConvertKit have been in our shoes and they know what it takes to grow a successful business. And your email list is the tool that will get you there. The best thing is that ConvertKit is seriously easy to use, powerful, but intuitive. Personally, I've tried a handful of email service providers over the years, Aweber, MailChimp, Infusionsoft, but since switching to ConvertKit over 12 months ago, I seriously have not looked back. And as an engaged video marketing podcast listener, I've arranged for you to get your first 30 days of ConvertKit absolutely free. Normally, you only get 14 days if you sign up direct through their website. So to give it a try for 30 days, head on over to engagevideomarketing.com slash ConvertKit. Now, this is my affiliate link. So if you do become a ConvertKit customer, then you'll be supporting this show and investing in your business through clever email marketing at the same time. So it's a win-win. The link again, engagevideomarketing.com slash ConvertKit.